Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com So anyway, you're not allowed to switch the um, time when you go live. This is a special episode of Cannabis Legalization News. We're going to be talking everything about cloning and uh, cannabis cloning, how to do it. Uh, we're going to have Paul, the clone coach, on to join us on this episode of Cannabis Legalization News. But of course, it is for 18 plus only as we are discussing the cannabis industry, which you have to be 21 to even buy the stuff. Woof. Hey. Tell you what, Paul, Maggie, hello, hello. thanks for joining us. Everybody is tuning in to the Cannabis Legalization News Podcast. We have a good one today. We're going to talk all about clones with Paul. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. This is very exciting. Cool. Paul, can you uh, introduce yourself and, and, and tell us, like, you know, just a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, I'm Paul. Uh, I used to go by the clone coach. Um, I've been in the medical cannabis industry uh, professionally since 2015, but I've been a cannabis patient since uh, 2007. Um, so I've been in the industry for a little while here in California. And, um, you know, I really honed in on the, the nursery end of the industry and focused on clones, um, you know, once I really figured out the importance of it. And uh, that's where kind of where I created my lane and kind of stayed in, stayed in my lane there. I love oh, go ahead, man. No, I just I don't know much about clones. I'm excited to talk to yeah. Paul the clone coach about this because like cannabis cloning is something that I've never done. The first clone that I did was a tomato plant, uh like last month. I finally killed it today. No kidding. Uh, weeks ago. But you know, it's the same principle. So what is a, a clone? How do you clone cannabis? Yeah, well, cloning is is essentially the street term of propagation, right? So uh, traditional nursery propagates um, clones or cuttings. Um, so they take a little snippet of a, of a plant and they put that through a rooting process to create another genetical, um, you know, identify a same genetic clone of that plant to make more of them. So, um, you know, when you, snipping, little, when you say sorry? snipping, though, when you say snipping, does it like have to be because it can be any part, right? It can be like you can just chop it from the top or a branch. For... In theory, yes. Now, the difficulty of the rooting process changes when you take it from a different part of the plant. So, um, you know, cannabis Please. is a softwood um, and it could go into a hardwood, you know, the thick stem on the bottom. Mm -hmm. So in theory, you could root that really thick stem, but your process is going to change. The time is going to change and everything else. But ideally, you take a fresh uh, cutting of a fresh new growth and you take that from there. Where do you get the fresh new growth cuttings then? So like, I mean, because uh, I haven't seen anybody make a mom. I know what a mom is, though. Like a mom is a female cannabis plant that you grow out and veg very, very uh -huh. large. And then you take a lot of cuttings out of it. Right. But yeah. um, where do these where on a mom do you take the cuttings? So a mother plant could be anything you want to replicate. Right. Could be that tomato plant that you said, man, these are the juiciest tomatoes. And I want all my friends to have them. Yeah. This one plant gave them to me. I'm going to take little pieces of this plant, root them, and share them. Um, mother plants come from something that essentially is 
has been proven and you want to replicate it, right? So if it's a flower, it's flower that you've seen all the way through. Uh, it's got the smell profile you want, everything you want. So you want more of it. You want to do a whole crop of it or a commercial mm -hmm. cultivator wants to do a whole crop of it. Um, so that mother plant could come from seed, could come from another trusted nursery, could come from anywhere that you could basically say, yeah, that's the one I want to make more of that one. But the uh, the cuttings are those are the branches now, right? Off the mother plant, you're not just taking like leaves and and, and putting that in a, a nutrition dirt or whatever. You're taking a whole branch, right? That's correct. Side note: I think some people have tried to clone uh, a leaf, like a little stem of leaf. I don't know if that's if they've had success with it or not, but it's a fun experiment. Um, but the essentially the growth of the plant, so the top growth where it's getting most of the light, um, is where you want to take that cutting from. So you take something six, eight inches worth and you, you trim it up and you put that into a rooting uh, environment and you take it from there. What type of root, what do you mean by a rooting environment? So what is a rooting environment to cannabis clones? So high humidity, like a really high humidity environment with uh, some warmth as well. So you need a nice little warm, humid environment with uh, low light levels. You don't want the light levels to, to be too intense. What that does it encourages the the root development because your plants drink from roots right but if there's no roots there in the beginning it can't drink from there so it drinks from the the leaf material hmm. and the stomata so hence the high humidity there transpires and allows the plant to still be drinking or consuming moisture hmm. yeah, like a whole greenhouse right like that's why clones are or greenhouse is important for clones because greenhouse can be very humid i think mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, it's, it's a traditional way of propagation, right? So traditional greenhouses have their high humidity greenhouses and it encourages the, the stimulation of root growth and you could turn all your cuttings into new plants. That's good. Because like, I think my root growth uh, has been stunted, to be honest, about how would I go about setting up um, a container? Because like right now it's winter over here in Illinois. So trying to create a prop station it, for, you know, the legal because I it's it's legal for us to grow here mm -hmm. of course you know the biggest trouble we get into is the the quasi legality of this at my state and your state and Miggy's state it's legal but at the feds which is you know governing YouTube it's not so we are in a conundrum but uh, it's winter and my humidity levels in my basement are just terrible you know right. like 30 percent something like that how would you set up uh, for a hobbyist who does have the legal right to cultivate uh, a, uh, a station to do your your clones. Absolutely. I mean, a, a, a basement in Illinois, Illinois is probably the opposite of the right environment, right? I'd say so, yeah. So um, you're going to want to create a new microclimate. So a small hobby tent you could get off of Amazon, two by four by four tent, um, something very small that you could basically create a microclimate within. Mm -hmm. You could get a, a small like um, humidifier, Right. So when you're sick, you get that warm humidifier going. Right. You can put that inside the tent to increase your temperature and your humidity. You add a little low light uh, LED light in there, add a little bit of heat. Um, and they also sell these um, propagation heat pads. So oh, they I have them. those. Those yeah. are good. Those yeah. really helped because the root growth was terrible. Like it was just too cold. Right. Just yeah. Too cold it, for the, roots to grow. the plant could do when the temperatures are too low. It's just mm. it's just not going to happen. So yeah, create a little small tent where you can increase the humidity, get a little ambient light, get that heat pad in there. And it's gonna be, you know, the best bet, you know, closest bet to creating a little small hobby clone room. When you when you snip the, the clone and off the plant, do you just put it in like a pot of dirt? I've seen like nutrient pads where they actually, you know, insert like the little like foamy pads. Mm -hmm. what, what do you use or prefer? I prefer a cocoa peat. Um, based medium. It's a commercial product, but for the hobby level and in and, and reality, the, the plant could root in most um, medias. You could, the, the same soil that your, your mother plant is in, you could have a small little pot of that, put your plant in there and with the right moisture levels and right environment, it'll strike roots and it'll grow within that media. So um, you got a little bit of flexibility there on, on the hobby end of things, you know, anything that could retain some, some moisture, um, like cocoa or, um, you know, soil. If you want to take it a step further, you just, 
most hydro stores they'll carry you know five different types of cloning media from rock wool to a, a peat base to like a spongy root riot type of cloning media and you could pick these up and plug them right in and go but you know i, I did an experiment years ago with uh, just pure cocoa just like i had the mother plants in and the plants loved it clones took off roots were there and you know had no problems so nice. it's, it's more about the the environment and the right parameters you know than you know this brand or that brand of media hmm. just like a seed right when you start with the seed and then uh, uh it just depends on how you treat it in germany but so for cloning big question i know uh you can over clone something right or is it too far from the clones because i know strains kind of weaken is it the clones themselves you can clone the clone the clone or is it the mother plant gets drained too much usually in that scenario it's the they call that genetic drift right but you know my opinion is that it's not a genetic drift because the genetic is is a different step than the health of the mother plant that you're taking clones from so if it's oh what's drifted after three months well how's the health of that mother plant been for the last three months and at the point of taking a cutting mm. because whatever stage that mother plant is in health wise uh, disease wise pest pressure wise you're going to replicate that you're going to okay. you're going to take that right over so if you could keep a plant happy which there's some tips and tricks that you can for long term then uh you could still kind of avoid that genetic drift for the most part um if they're strong genetics What's like the biggest mother interesting? Well, I just had never heard of that. I thought that it's a clone. And so then, you know, you can just keep cloning it. So you'd grow it up and then like you could could you take a, a clone and make it on, into a mom? Yes. Right. Yeah. And so like I figured that's what you could do. You could just and it's a mom and then it's the same one, but some of the viewers a spicy sushi uh mentions that they often need seeds again after 15 generations. So that First off, is there anything to that? I've never heard this. 15 generations needs new seeds. Um, I don't know. Because, you know, nowadays, very little is done with seeds unless you're actually breeding. Right. right? And, and and at that point, then you're, you're breeding new stock to create mother plants from. Right. You know, phenotypes from those seeds. So um, cloning, you'll get the same sex, always a female? Yes. Now... You know, there are, you know, parameters or stressors that could cause weak genetics to hermaphrodite. So change its sex from a female to a combination of male and female. Yeah. Yeah. I just so what is the biggest clone that you've seen? So like I know uh, I told you like I'm half Polynesian. So my, my friends that went to church in like Western Samoa and they said there's plants stalks the size of trees, like huge trees. You know, I'd imagine a mother plant like what's the oldest mother plant you've seen and how big was she like what was the you know personally i mean there's there's mother plants that are four feet wide by four feet tall in an indoor environment that are six months eight months old and they're just beasts you know and that's indoors i mean it's really hindered on the space that you give it indoors mm -hmm. um but you know this plant's amazing really i mean you could this plant could get as big as you let it and it's very very pliable so any way you train it twist it bend it prune it it'll go in that direction it's pretty it's pretty amazing oh, yeah. you could do. but have you yeah. seen like a 10 year old mother plant out there or a 15 year old mother plant no well, why would um, you keep the mother why wouldn't you just keep the lineage like you know just well, clone if you clone just really like that one yeah <laughs> after you butchered a mom why would you remom it right did they do that like after a mom has been cut with her clones then what happens yeah, everyone has a lifespan, has a lifespan in production, yeah. especially commercial production. Um, and that's, like I said, it's usually, you know, six months is an average, right? It could be three, could be eight. Oh, um, but, you know, an outdoor, you don't, it wouldn't stay in its vegetative state, you know, past a year because the seasons change and it, and it triggers flowering. Right. So you never have a mother plant outdoors unless with, you know, supplemental light. Um, but yeah, you could just take that clone and, and, you know, repopulate, make new moms, fresh mom stock, or, you know, what the new technology in cannabis that's really been prevalent over the last few years is tissue culture. Hmm. So they'll take that wow. genetic and put it into tissue culture and keep it a strong genetic and pull it out and make mom stock of it. No whenever, shit. Whenever they need. Yeah. 
So like, like they're taking like actual plant samples, like, or is it mm-hmm. like stock? You know, what part of the plant is it that they're able to create that? It's new called new the mer- like meristem. So it's essentially like the newest growth of the plant. Okay. The freshest, youngest, newest growth. Okay. It's almost microscopic. I, I like it. Wow. Paul, thank you so much. I'm learning stuff. I, I never heard Neristem as a word before. And so you're telling me that's what, uh, when I hear people say tissue culture, they're talking about that stuff? That's what they're talking about. Yeah. That's, they're t- basically taking, it's another form of propagation because you're multiplying plants, right? But um, it's, in a, it's in a clean room. It's, it's very, um, it's like a lab, really. So you're, you're eliminating Neat. all variables of pest and disease and the environmentals and everything you're really going from like a cellular level and letting that grow up and creating mother stock from that to get the freshest you know genetic vigor that you can you know this conversation is something i never thought of as far as like the production side goes when it comes to like a, a store or a producer you know i never thought about like first they get the one mother plant then they just chop her up for six months and get mm-hmm. the the clones for their production. Like I, and then that's the production plant, not the mm-hmm. the actual mother. I never thought about it. like I always just figured they always had like a you know like a seed to you know like germination type. Is, is, is speaking of that, is is there a that's part of the seed to sell then too, right? The clones. Then you have to account for that or some shit. Yeah, I mean the, you know clones um, is essentially the beginning of the supply chain when it comes to producing flour. So. You know, every cultivator needs a crop, right? And that could be hundreds of plants or thousands or tens of thousands of plants. To get those kinds of numbers, you know, that's where the, that's where the nursery comes into play. You know, they have yeah. mom stock and they're creating hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of a particular genetic so that cultivators could fill up a room of it and run a crop of it, right? Yeah, I wish. I mean, we don't have uh, nursery uh, licenses in the state of Illinois. So the cultivator, and this is the problem that all the, like the craft grow that we won that we're capital raising and trying to stand up this year. You know, uh, the stock is, you know, the, the grower's like, oh, I'm fine. You know, I got all the seeds. He's, so he's just is working to let them know when and they'll, they'll make them. But right. then uh, you can't focus in just that area. You can't focus in just like, well, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to get a nursery license and fuck around, do some pheno hunting and like make some cool stuff. You're not allowed to, you know. Uh, and so that's just something else that's really yeah. I envy California for that respect. But then right. your market is crazy. Yeah, don't envy it too much because anywhere you go, the nursery space is always neglected. Mm. However you want to slice sure. and dice it, even in California. I mean. The, the, the rules were very vaguely written for the nursery space. Um, when you would try to, when I try to reach out to, you know, the state for specific questions, you know, it wasn't even in the purview. They were focusing on, on people producing flour and manufacturers and everything else. Nursery is always an afterthought and you have to remind them that it's, it exists. <laughs> like it, it's one of the reasons why I've stuck with the nursery game, because it's like, it's one of the most unspoken aspects of the industry. Hmm. And it's I think, oh, it is. But, you know, I think funny, so cool about what you're doing and what you're advocating just for the clone. Like you have you centralized on just clones, mm-hmm. uh, home grow, you know, like that's my big thing out here in Washington state. And it's like, you know, in medical times I could go to the dispensary and there, I can get clones. There were clones yeah. like right there. I could, you know, little wow. two footers. Yeah, man. And seeds. And so it's like, I, I don't even think I've ever seen a clone. Well, like, oh, I mean, my goodness. clearly seen clones because most of the flour they've ever bought at a dispensary was a clone, but you know, I just never took advantage of it because I just was like, well, I'm, I'd rather buy my flour. You know, I'm, I'd rather uh, eat the burger than goddamn go through the process of butchering it <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah. But like, but the with, the, stuff, yeah. with the home grow and the aspect of like Illinois, where you're saying there's no separate nursery license, you have to do it all in house, all of your clone production in house. Um, you know, it's very important to have these skills because it, it's, you know, if you grew tomatoes, and you, you grew tomatoes one year. Well, how are you going to grow them next year? Right? I don't know. It's like it's 20 past the hour. And so we're going to take a quick break for Smoke 420 them. somewhere. I didn't. Hey, so something that you might not know is that on Sundays, right around the time that we're on Cannabis Legalization News, our podcast here with Paul, the clone coach. 
Uh, you can get an email. If you go over to CannabisIndustryLawyer.com and sign up for email, and then uh, you get notice of that. And I just wanted to give a shout out to the 9.3 million people that we reached on Facebook and the 1 million people that we reached on uh, YouTube last month. Uh, we're going to start trying to offer this service based on this social blue book thing. But those are all reasons you're going to want to stick around for future episodes because uh, we're still building that stuff. Super exciting. It's fun yeah. Fun and, and, and speaking of Paul, you know, it's like people who, who you get advice from, like I always joke, like you don't like go out to the street corner and, and hang out with the guy who's talking about like, uh, uh, you know, the, the radio waves in his head for advice about financial stuff, you know, and, and right. doing a little deep dive on you and as a clone coach, you know, it's kind of neat to see that. Well, for one, you've been around since prop two fifteen, but mm-hmm. also like you're kind of young. So it must've been the later end of prop two fifteen. Cause yeah. like, I thought you'd have more gray. Cause like I, I helped get signatures for that thing. So it's prop like two fifteen for the, the listeners from not in California, <laughs> uh, prop two fifteen. Uh, let me just shot in the dark here at 1996. Yes. Yes, I did it. I won legalization news jeopardy. If if I'm not mistaken, 96 was at you know Prop 215 and 96 was like the forefront was like the the leader right for all of the. Oh yeah, the first date. Yeah, Yeah. they they did a Simpsons on it, and Fish guest hosted, or like Fish had a guest spot on that Simpsons where Homer uh, got the medical marijuana. That's awesome. I got got a guest that one. I joked that Prop 215 is a gateway to legalization because I mean, it kind of just shows the world that it doesn't come to collapse, but also. You know, looking at your Instagram page, uh, uh, I thought it was kind of neat that you're followed by Wonder Brett. So I was in Cali. Well, for one, if people don't know, like, again, history, right? Like Prop 215 mm-hmm. was the first thing in California that helps uh, uh, get legalization, you know, to show the world that, you know, we're not all going to die. But like, you know, as clone coach, you know, Wonder Brett, who has a little history, too, uh, you know, because I've been doing this for a long time as far as like advocating and, and, and you know, trying to just get legalization and common sense out there and, and uh, uh uh that just tells me that you have experience so did you work with wonder brett were you cloning for them or i i met him working in the industry i was managing a nursery out here and um you know we crossed paths which is the beautiful thing about being in the industry here and uh Sweet. you know he's, he's an awesome dude he's an advocate he comes from the 215 days which you know the people that were in the 215 days and you know transferred over to the prop 64 market you know they had all their all the best intentions, right? You know, they did. They're, they're mostly advocates for the plant, right? Advocates for the industry, advocates for a smarter, better conversation about cannabis, and uh, you know, willing to go through the hoops that the state put out. So, um, but yeah, man, Brett over at Wonder Brett and his whole team, and uh, they're just awesome people, and they got some of the terpiest flower out there. Yeah, really? well, I was in- okay, Brett. Oh, that's awesome. I just I just love turkey flowers. I do. They're the best, yeah. you know. Um, cool. So, yeah, this uh, I found out when Fish was on and, like, Homer got cannabis, uh, medical weed. You're going to have to tune in to Wednesday's episode for that. That's going to be our great moments in weed history spot. <laughs> nice. But it's it, it goes back at least 20 years. Yeah, you know, and it's... Uh, when did it's... Prop 64 pass? Was that 2016? I believe it passed 2016, and it was enacted in 2018. Right. Because you guys, despite me thinking that California has been legal the whole time, it really has only legalized since 2018. So like Washington State and Colorado were actually out in the forefront. And then Colorado, not Colorado, or California and Oregon were just kind of hanging out being like, stay down. Just keep supplying everybody. Yeah. We'll, we'll get our turn. And then you know, they, their turn came out and they, they flopped. <laughs> Regulated as hell. Oh, unfortunately, this market, um, you know, the way the state has it set up, it's 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 almost impossible to run to run your business as mm. as a normal business, you know, that you would assume you could be an entrepreneur and start a business in America. You know, this thing's so overregulated and it's just it's just mm-hmm. drowning. It drowns yeah. the operators. And it's unfortunate because right. the Prop 215 days were were abundant. There were brands, there were operators, there was retail stores, there was a whole industry. And I guarantee you, if they made the process easy, everybody would have signed up for a license and happily paid a normal tax and a normal fee. That's right. 100%. And and 70% of those businesses still would have failed because that's what business yeah. does. Most businesses, yeah. when they start up in the first five years, die. That's yeah. it. And so... But, um, but you, you know, know, let them die. That's, that's, that's yeah. the industry, right? Let them die if they die. But 
Yeah. You know, it sounds kind of crazy. Let them die, right? But, yeah. Let, them, let God sort them out. Shoot them all. Yeah. But that's that's free enterprise, right? Yeah. That's just like let sure. give us the chance to to survive or not, right? Don't don't overregulate us and force us to die out. Well, legalization is just about you guys, growers, farmers, whoever wants to be a part of this, the the cannabis plant, just want to be uh, law-abiding citizens. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like oh, you know, they, the law creates the outlaws. You know, like that's not mm-hmm. us. We're not trying to be all, you know, dangerous. You know, it's about safe access. It's not about you know, it's the law that creates the criminals and creates the violence and creates the all the enables all the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I mean, because like look at other markets that made it free, not not free, but very easy to, you know, set up a shop. Oklahoma, right? Um, you know, how much business is happening there? Like states lot, need yeah. to be business friendly. That's how you states, you know, attract businesses, right? They attract industries because they're friendly to them, you know, but well, if you aren't nice, they're going to go somewhere else. That's the problem with cannabis, though, right? Is 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 the states don't want to? They want to worry about the federal first, right? It's always been about you know what other product out there, what other thing has activists, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, like advocating for breast yeah. cancer. There's nobody that's advocating is like you know what we should have murder exceptions. Come yeah, on, guys, we need murder exceptions. I mean, like there's no other crime that people are out there actively picketing to say like why is this a crime and please don't tell me it's really racism come on guys what's going right. on out there you know? yeah and the irony of that like every program that rolls out statewide is a medical program first right and yet how does the feds classify cannabis no medical value but everybody rolls out a medical program right. and like there's there's case law in the 80s finding against that there was studies in the 40s finding against it when they made it a controlled substance they had to commission another study and nixon threw it in the trash they've done all these effing studies and they still want more studies it's just ridiculous (laughs) forget the federal patients they actually had at one point (laughs) you know there's actual federal patients yeah but you know they're getting dirt weed from mississippi so i i would gladly give them anything else that's you know besides that mississippi but their argument, though, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's, the DAA has changed that, and so that's good that they are going to start doing more research. I just am perplexed that like you can't even get banking, and so mm-hmm. like, oh, uh, don't think that you're going to be able to deduct the cost of anything. What do you mean? Well, except for growing cloners, I think you we could put your your salary into inventory because you can't make the product unless you have the clones. So uh, what role then would they play knowing that uh, in our market, we have to have all the clones done in-house. And so mm-hmm. like you could have the genetic guy and then what would the role that you could help coach people on uh, be in the, the commercial operation? You know, in the commercial operation, if you got to do it all yourself, you got to know how to cook. You got to know how to be the chef in the kitchen, right? Cause that's your, you can't order takeout. You got to do it all yourself. You got to know the ingredients. You got to understand the process. So I, that's where I'm putting all my effort into is just being able to teach and educate, um, you know, growers that need to produce hundreds or, or thousands of clones for themselves, for their own use, um, you know, on a frequent basis. You know, I started from a bedroom, right? Um, and and grew it to, you know, making mistakes and going into thousands and thousands of, of plants and, you know, I've already, take, I've already made all the mistakes, so I, I want to help as much as many other people as I can to mm-hmm. create, you know, the best clones ever. You know, that's it's that simple. So, do you have a do you have a website where you nice. could buy it, like a subscription? Because I could show you how to set that up. The hard so, part, clonecoach.com. Yeah. There's uh there's clonecoach.com. A, I like it. Yeah. There's a a program to download that's a PDF and a video mm-hmm. that teaches you the rooting process. Um, on my YouTube channel, I just did a a. Uh, a video which is the one listed there as well on the site on how to make mother plants so it all nice. starts with your mother plants so that video is free understand how to set up your mother plants your environment your nursery and when you're ready to start making some clones um you could check out that program there cool yeah that's the that is a, a really marketable skill and i like how it's an ancillary skill and then it's uh sold on the internet but Good luck trying to do that. I mean, like sometimes, hopefully they haven't tried to shut you down yet, but finding a payment provider for my site, uh, it took a few months, you know? Yeah. You know, it's like everything else in this industry, right? You, you, you're going into it. Like, 
I know I'm going to get some pushback. I know there's going to be people against me, but the the love for the plant and the love for, you know, trying to help others and, mm -hmm. you know, pushing this industry forward is what makes people take those kinds of risks. <laughs> that's right. And then uh, you don't want to screw up your clones because that's what your flowers are going to be coming from. 100%. 100%. It's arguably the most important part of, you know, growing a crop, right? It all starts with healthy plants, healthy clones. So, and that'll translate to what the rest of your crop looks like. Because clones yeah. more than just like snipping. I mean, you're, you're talking, it's growing. <laughs> yes. And, and I think one of the most difficult parts of it, of, you know, managing mother plants in a nursery and clones is the consistency of it. You can't have any ups and downs. You can't have any sideways days. You can't, it needs to be the same thing every single time, every single day, which, you know, for most people, it's the hardest thing to do is not get distracted and go left or right. You got to stay the course. It can't change. Yeah. And so you having that type of SOP for the staffing is going to be very important because you need to have those redundant. You Somebody just can't say like, screw it, I'm going to go to Mexico for two weeks. No, you can't. You got, you got the plants to watch, you know, right. and, uh, and then, but then practical realities of life. And so you have to then have uh, redundancies built into your staff so that people can continue to take care of the girls. Yeah, you know, and, and training in this industry is, you know, it's lacking a little bit. You know, there's not all this standardized training material that someone could, you know, sit down, pop into VCR like we used to and sit and watch the training manual. Like that doesn't exist. It's like, you have to get the hands-on experience, you know, you yeah. got to get the, you got to see more pitches. And so there's yeah. that, you know, and I, and I do enjoy, uh, and I'm looking forward to doing stuff like that, you know, so it's great having you on the show. Have you fucked around with Oculus yet? Have you been in the, the metaverse? Because the no. applications for that would be huge. And so like you could show them in, a virtual immersion of your area uh -huh. what exactly you're doing you know interesting yeah i mean it would be but it's only like 80 percent good because you still got a smell you got a touch you know, there's still many things uh, about growing and then the uh, interactions with the hands are aren't yeah. really there yet yeah. you know i've i've trained and managed you know some really good teams of people and you know my biggest hurdle is always training all of them to produce the same product right to clone the same way so it's something that's always been in my head. Like, how do I describe it? How do I train it? How do I display do it. it? All right. So Big. Everybody does it the same way. Yeah, that's uh, lots of uh, thumbs up and, and the likes and the subscribes. Because now Paul, the clone coach, is going to give you the real dirt on how to do it. So how do you do it the same way every time? What's the correct way to clone, Paul? Ooh, okay. Well, you know, as far as just cloning, right? I mean, you got to have strong mother plants. Healthy. Okay. You got to take clean new growth from that mother plant. You go to your, your rooting tray and your setup, and you take a very clean brand new scalpel to make a surgical cut before you dip it, the stem into a rooting hormone and plug it into your cloning media. Once you fill up your tray, you put that into a solid, consistent environment, which is, you know, like a warm, sunny day, 78, 80 degrees, 65% humidity is what the room needs to be sitting like. Just nice summer day. And take that through the rooting process. Those 14 days, some people take longer, but with you know my program, it's 14 days mm -hmm. to have a finished clone. Finished, wow. what does that mean? It's fully acclimated to the environment that it came from, like the mother plants. It's fully acclimated to um, full strength nutrients. It has a full root base system, so it's been inoculated and it's ready to transplant and continue on into its vegetative growth. Cool. That part's probably really important, right? The transplant part to get ready for the trans because plants do go to shock. If you do this too early to whatever, you can kill it. Yeah, I mean that's what I would find in my earlier days is that there was like two periods of time that like there would be the biggest dip. It'd be around day nine, day 10 in the rooting process. And after transplant, there'd be a dip. And so, you know, through trial and error, you know, I figured out what was causing that and um, how to combat that. So I've essentially eliminated the day nine dip. And when you transplant, instead of losing, um, you know, a few days or a week worth of growth, you're gaining a week or two worth of growth. So I've eliminated both of those dips. It's not easy, but it's, it's possible. Yeah, yeah, I guess I, I'm a two weeks into a seed that's been popped and I'm like, come on, 
Yeah. What, what's so my, root growth, my root growth isn't just doing it. And it's just, it's not, it's, it's in about 30% humidity. It's under a dome on one of those heating things, mm-hmm. but it just has not been taken off. Well, um, what size pot is the seedling in? Oh, it's just in like a little seed pot thing. And so like, it's not okay. even in a thing. It's, it's, let's see here. Let me put the screen back on. I'm not sure how come the screen share is gone, but uh, it's, it's this one. So I'd say like, you see how the, the little dinky thing that it would be in, it's in something like the size of that. Okay. So like, uh, uh, now, unfortunately some Fox farm soil was involved and, and I've, uh, since fired Fox farm, but, um, it, it was in the mix. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I think it's too cold in the basement and it's too dry, but yeah. you know, for, for, especially for a young plant, it's those two things are really going against it. You know, as far as like growth goes. So if you're walking in like, Hey, but, where are all the leaves at? Well, they're taking a little bit longer to develop. It'll still grow, but you know, be patient with it. If it doesn't have the right parameters. Uh, and it's, it's personal supply, you know? And so I don't have, uh, this isn't commercial production yet. Yeah. So what about mediums? Well, how do you do, uh, what, what mediums can you use to clone? And then does that impact uh, the cloning process? Um, it, it can. So there's a few different mediums that I've used over the years. Um, I've used rock wool, which is that spun rock, right? It's mainly for hydroponics. Um, so there's rock wool cubes. There's uh, something called Oasis cubes, which is like, a, you know, like the floral foam that they put plants in that green foam. It's yeah. kind of that material, that floral foam. Um, and then the latest one that I've really been stuck on is a pea cocoa um, mix. Um, the pea cocoa mix has a little bit of, um, it compacts a little bit. So it stay, it holds its shape when it's wet, but it could break apart into a new pot. So I, I really like that aspect of it. And it, as far as all three of these goes, the most important thing is like water retention and and how long it takes to dry to dry out so something like rock wool could hold hold a lot more water and under a different environment it won't dry out as quick right same thing like the, the oasis so that's what's important when you're when you're trying to decide which medium to use you got to understand like the drybacks in, in the media hmm. so you mentioned something about a rooting hormone as well what is that what's the rooting hormone yeah you know, it's the, the plant has its own hormones and it could root without this supplement, which is a, a um, indole three buric acid, I believe is is the active ingredient. Wow. But it's essentially uh, it comes like in a gel form or a powder form. And when I spoke about, you know, making that clean cut with the scalpel on the stem, after you do that, you um, add the rooting hormone and then you plug it into your media. So it's just another layer around that that um, bottom inch of the stem to just just help trigger root growth and root development. Hmm. Yeah, that's why I use the tomato plant to do it because evidently those little hairs on the tomato plant those can all become roots. So I'm like, eh. so I cut it off and then I just put it in some dirt and it looked shocked because it was. I just uh-huh. cut it off and then after a week it's like coming back. I'm like, well, I'll be. <laughs> it, it's amazing, you know. It's just like all of a sudden. It went to the, got past the stress and it's back to doing its thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe so uh, if you do the rooting, if you do this, this method, how much stress do you see new clones go through under your methods? Under my methods, you know, none really, because it, it starts with the healthy mother plant. So mm-hmm. whatever your, the, the health of your mother plant is, is what you're going to get throughout the process. So it, it's all about making healthy plants that you're cutting from. So if you're cutting from a weak, sickly plant that's on its last leg, well, you're going to get that kind of expression throughout your rooting process, right? But if you have a plant that's thriving under healthy light and it's just growing and every day you grow in, it's like, oh man, another two inches of growth. No, it's just growing. You you take that that um, momentum and you, you move it on through the rooting, rooting process. Yeah. That, that pheno hunt has to be so difficult because you're looking for so many things. Uh, uh, including this now how can they do that then i mean like because if they're popping seeds to you know make some new type of genetic how do they see how it's gonna well i guess they can see the vigor they can see how fast it's growing you know well you know as as a hobbyist and and you know personal grower you know if you get a little seed pack of regular seeds right mm-hmm. you want to i mean my my method is putting them in the moist paper towel in a in a ziploc bag mm-hmm. um you know not all the way sealed but you know, sealed mostly overnight for a day or two in a in a in a closet, dark closet, 
and it'll pop its taproot, right? Put that into a little uh, soil cup or a little plug like you had mm-hmm. and, um, you know, let that take off. Once it gets big enough, you're going to want to take a clone from that and then let those plants continue to grow and essentially flower them. With regular seeds, probably about half of those are going to be males mm-hmm. and the other half are going to be females. You already have cuttings of, of everything that you've identified. You So you, you could keep, you know, you could flower that out and whatever you said, hey, this medicine really works for me. Well, that's, you know, plant number two. I have a cutting of it. That's my mother plant. And you take it, take it from there. What, so what's it's just an amazing process, isn't it? It is yeah, so cool is. how they do this. And uh, now it's probably going to be one of these things we find out is not unique to cannabis. Do they do this like with other things like citrus trees or, yeah. or, or grapevines or even almond trees to a certain extent? 100%. We're, it's not unique to cannabis. Um, propagation is not unique to cannabis. Uh, you know, pheno hunting, genetics through seeds. It's it's. It's just plant science, really. It's just it's just plants. This is just another plant um, that has, you know, the same kind of characteristics that you could translate these methods into. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a plant that I think has a lot more varieties as far as, you know, strains, <laughs> flavors, types than mm-hmm. most other things. Right. But oh. uh, I mean, it shares a lot of terpenes and stuff with other plants. Oh, yeah. When you say tall enough for the plant when you cut it, like what is it like when it starts branching? Is that what you're you're looking at? Like okay, now I can cut it. Not it's not going to shock it to to yeah from a seed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, ideally, you're going to take like a six eight inch clone, and you're going to want to leave at least that much more growth beneath oh. it. And you know, when it's a seed, it, the first handful of inches of uh, growth, there's not much there. You know, so it really starts growing six inches up from the soil. So when I say big enough, it's got to be, you know, a foot or bigger. Okay. You can take a little top snippet from and leave the, the next branches to go from there. Nice. Yeah, it's something else. I'm going to have to check out your uh, coaching program to kind of like educate myself because I know nothing of it. Uh, and, but it's it's really interesting that you've come on and then you've built an ancillary business out of it. And so that's the other thing I just kind of like that I wanted to highlight is, you know, you saw the plant. You saw how difficult it is to get licensed to the plant after the change from you know, Prop 260. What, what was the medical one? 215. And, and then the adult use was 64? Correct. Okay. So as that thing changed, you adapted as an entrepreneur. Um, so it's that's pretty interesting. Uh, who, are, who are principally your clients these days? So um, our, my, my clients are, principal, are principally uh, commercial cultivators. Why? because I've been in the commercial cultivation space. So, you know, since the 215 days, I was supplying um, through my medical collective, uh, other grows, other dispensaries for retail and so shoppers could come into the store and buy a clone off the shelf. Um, and then when the market changed, um, you know, all my contacts in the industry you know, got licensed. So I was working with them. I joined as an employee um, into other license operations and started nurseries, um, you know, in those licenses. So I've always been surrounded by commercial cultivators. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are principally my my clients. But in all honesty, you know, if if you got to make clones, well, you got to make them on a You're selling person. it. You're selling it online. So like, if somebody wants to buy it, they can. And this, no, you know, you know, every other state that's that's you know coming online with their program. How are they going to populate all those rooms? Right. Do you have any idea how many clones are going to just be screwed because they don't know what they're doing? Oh, so many. I mean, there's um, most people like take 50% more or are willing to lose 50% of their clones to just populate a room and then still, you know, wear it down from there. So Hmm. they're willing to do 50% or more losses on their clone propagation. It's insane. What about this? Any knowledge on bonsai? Because I've seen bonsai cannabis before, and I'm like, well, that looks like a gimmick, and I'm not sure if it's Instagram magic. Is bonsai cannabis a thing, as to your knowledge? Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, this plant's very pliable, right? Mm -hmm. So you could train that thing early. There's little tools to bend it out, and these new nodes start growing up. It's just like any other bonsai. You're tending to, you're pruning, you're bending, you're snipping. And I saw just saw a friend of mine on Instagram have a little bonsai plant going. 
just lay, lays awesome. it out and you know tends to it and yeah it could turn this plant into anything cool but no, you know something else to get to that level though you got to have the experience with it this is why even with like clones and seeds for sale home grill will never you know infringe upon like big cannabis right because like it's still hard. And like you were saying, like SOPs and stuff, like you need that daily dedication and, and routine to to create this awesome plant. You know, growing weed's not hard, but growing good weed is, is really, it's really yeah. hard. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's the right way to phrase it, you know. Um, and that shouldn't deter anybody from personally growing their own. I advocate for growing your own, um, you know, because you have your own medical needs. And, and then you want to know, know what those guys are right to do, though. Yeah. You know, do you have any idea how difficult it is in, in, my legal state to have a dedicated supply of a particular strain that does what it needs to do for you. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible unless you grow it yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. and this stuff is amazing and I love it during the day, but uh, good luck trying to find that. And so like, it's just rolling the dice. And then I, I still have a couple of beans from that, but I didn't clone it. I don't have it like, and and it's issue cold somewhere. Like, you know what? Let's go grow another one of that. That was, that was delicious. You know, I have a couple more beans. That's about it. But, but that's really the whole point of it all is that once you find something that works for you, you should be able to, you know, make your own medicine, right? And just right. grow it again. And like, and you explore another strain that works for a different ailment or what have you. And you do the same thing with that one, you know? Why does the government hate gardening? Like, you know, even like green onions, you know, we have some green onions in our kitchen that we reuse, like and chop them for whatever the seasoning. Oh, mm-hmm. I but like, like, like you're saying, like cannabis, it seems like, you know, with the, uh with cloning it's like oh okay i don't have to uh you know pop another seed you know i can recycle the same plant over and still you know it's not it's a commodity thing too you know yeah. uh what somebody mentioned in our chat about grafting and is that kind of it's kind of like that right where you're snipping an arm or whatever and then you're you're putting it in but like you know when they do crossbreeding they always you know with the pollen and shaking and whatnot mm-hmm. or the plant could you graft a new can you graft the plant together do you think you can make it like a super plant? Grafting is, I guess, a different form of propagation, right? Okay. Because propagation really just means you're multiplying one into, into many more. So that's just mm. a type or form of, of propagation. Um, I believe it's possible with cannabis. Um, I'm not a grafting expert, so I, I, I can't say. Um, but, you know, making seeds is another form of propagation. Gotcha. So there's there's asexual and sexual propagation. And I believe asexual is the one that you make seeds with or no, you clone with and, you know, vice versa. Um, but when you're making seeds, you're, you're it's propagation, you know, right. from pollen or what have you. So I was just curious because they brought that up. And I, I think way too much for my own time. <laughs> yeah. But I want to know the difference and like the timelines now because I'm okay. confused by this whole thing. It just blowing my mind here, Paul, the clone coach. And thanks for joining us, by the way. Uh, and so, when is it considered propagation and when is it considered cloning? Or is so, cloning just a, a interchangeable? It's, it's interchangeable. Just, uh, the commonly used phrase in the industry. Hmm. How long should I, uh, you know, have my plant in propagation? So, if I'm a commercial started- operator. Times frame, time frames go, you know, if you start from a small plant to create a mother plant, um, to get that to a full production mother plant, it's going to be about eight weeks, eight to 10 weeks. Now, after about two weeks, you could, you could start taking snippets from it, right? But it's not going to be a, a, a lot. So your, your numbers will increase as the plant gets older. Um, so that's like a mother plant. If you come, if you come from tissue culture to make a mother plant, you're going to tack on another three to six months before you hit that eight to 10 week cycle. If you start from seed, you could tack on probably another three to six months because you got to grow that plant out, find the one you want, keep that one alive, grow it out and get it to the stage where it starts getting big and becoming a mother plant. So, you know, when starting mother plants, getting a trusted clone from a nursery is your fastest way um, and tissue culture is next and then seed is last. That's why breeders and, and people that make seeds, you know, I don't think they get the respect they deserve because all the time and effort and R&D that it takes. And you may make something that you you didn't look for, you didn't want, and it may go all down the drain. So, you know, hats off to the breeders, right? 
Oh, yeah. really, the ones really oh, yeah. putting in the work. The breeders um, and then the marketers. It's like, well, what are we going to call this? Well, you know, <laughs> I have all these shirts and I have all these rappers <laughs> yelling about it. And I'm like, well, that's a pretty good marketing plan there, dude. Yeah. Uh, it well, works. You know, it, it works because, you know, this industry, you know, marketing is huge in it, right? Especially when it comes to like, what's the next hot strain? What's the next hot right. strain? Mm -hmm. You know, it's. It's all about what the streets are saying and what brand is out there. Really, that's the problem. In. Like, it's what the streets are saying, and that means that it's legacy. And so, like, how can uh, these providers, like, how could like a Cresco get ha have like the next hot strain? And if it's just so regulated, how if, they're operating? If they know? really want to do it, they need to put in the work that a breeder puts in. Yeah, but they're, yeah. they're not willing to put the time and money into it. Because they don't uh, have the passion for it to, to have the patience to go through that whole process. No, it's just it's just money for them. Yep. It's just money, yep. yeah. Exactly. It's not even yeah. a, a, what is it, a passion. But, you know, here in Washington, there are medical times, you know, because, I mean, patients, you know, that's the thing that we're, you know, brought this plant to where it's at. But, like, you have so many bad breeders, right? Like, how many people, like, you know, uh, got spider mites now because somebody gave them a clone with shit in it or a sick plant. Now it, it went on to its other plants. Like, mm -hmm. I've, I've heard all kinds of horror stories yep. about that. So, uh, yeah, and that's why I've, I've yeah. phrased most of it with saying trusted. Yes. So, and, and trusted, you know, only takes you so far because you, you could trust, but you got to verify. And in this, in this sense, when we're talking about clones and starting mother plants or getting, plants from somebody else, um, you know, no matter what reputation they have, you have to put it through a, a protocol, you know, uh, an isolation and a pest management and disease management protocol. And that's where that keeping that plant clean and healthy really begins. Oh, so yeah. That's that's a whole other realm of, of, you know, your first steps, your isolation, your your weekly treatments, your soil treatments, your foliar treatments. Um, you know, there's a lot of different aspects to it. And you know, that's really one of the harder things is that, you know, staying on top of that and keeping your plants pest and disease free. Pest and disease free is so hard. Like any that's I just don't see why you would use soil as a medium. I mean, it's just too much of a risk unless you really it's like if you have a kiln or something. It's like, no, no, we've cooked <laughs> up all the all. There's no bugs in that. There's no bugs that are going to come out of that. I'm like, all right. Why didn't you just go with with uh, hydro then, you know? You know, even with hydro, man, you, you can't let you can't let your guard down, really. Uh, unfortunately, even if especially if it's like your personal medicine, because if you lose that crop, well, you're out of medicine. Right. But it's so important to not let your, you, you know, not let your guard down and always be on a preventative kind of realm of things and yeah. acting like something's there versus being reactive. And then, you know, trying to catch up after the fact when the bugs are getting ahead of you, you know, mm -hmm. What yep. and I think with the IPM, dude. IPM, IPM. Oh, yeah. your integrated pest management. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Integrated pest management. Right. So yeah, the Jeez. SOPs are just so cool. But then, like you know, when you're thinking about it, there's certain best practices that you have to do, and uh, cloning is is definitely one of them. Because if you don't hit that right, being a commercial grower is impossible. If you can't do the cloning perfectly, you know. Or, or, or as best as possible, right? Yeah, because you're losing time, right? And time is money, especially on the commercial scale. I mean, you oh, yeah. you know, go to your investors or your, your board and say, well, we're three weeks behind. Why? Well, we didn't have as many rooted clones as we needed. The tissue more. culture. Yeah. yeah I mean, we didn't have as many rooted clones as we wanted. Right. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I was like, um, Paul, you pointed out the, the number one aspect about like to start with, like to get a big production going. And that's the cleanliness part, you know, like when you talked about like cutting it with a, a sanitized, uh, you know, Scalpel. yeah, I mean, most people don't realize that, you know, they, they want to clean their trimmers when you're trimming, you know, there's, there's, there's so much shit that can carry over when you, yep. when you do something with simple snip. But I also think it's funny how this plant started as a medical plant, you know, as uh, not a medical plant, but a, the, the law that has mm -hmm. helped us is medical, right? So like best practices for this plant. To always have it be the best, purest, awesome plan it is, is medical practices, right? So mm -hmm. then we get these creepy corporate overlords that say, no, we must push them all through. But like in the end, you would still win if you just practice the best medical practices, you know? It, it's cleanliness, you know, you know, 100%. It's it's your facilities got to be on point. You got to sweep the floors. You got to mop the floors. You got to wipe down the tables. Like you can't be lazy about that kind of stuff. And you know, it's something that gets overlooked a lot, you know, whether it's for the right reasons or wrong. But, you know, that cleanliness gets overlooked a lot, especially in commercial facilities. It's like, 
you know, they're struggling. Well, what are we going to clean with? Oh, there might be a you know, bar of soap over there or something. No, man, you got to have the right cleaning procedures, the right cleaning tools, the right cleaning products, sanitate, you know, sanitation products. Keep your tools clean. Keep your surface clean because um, that that, you know, just stacks on itself and could exp- exponentially just hurt you, hurt you bad. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't want something to come back from the testing lab and it's just cataclysmic. I mean, it's like that crop's not going out. Why? You got to throw it away. Why? Yep. It failed, yep. you know. It, it hit the wrong surface that was dirty, and they just happened to test that that particular side, and there you go, you know. It, it's it's that easy, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing. It's the complacency. You have to be careful about that. You know, that's I'm right, you're wrong. Thinks that's what it is with business. Complacency is an attitude. Yep. So yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the SOP should even extend to like you know habitual cleanings and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's been very illuminating, and I'm not sure if we've delved into the subject of cloning uh, cannabis so much that we can say we've beaten the dead horse of everything that we need to know about cloning. Uh, can you think about anything that maybe we missed that we didn't touch on for, for cloning? You know, just to reiterate a few things, it's just, you know, you, you got to stay clean. You know, you, whatever health your mom stock is in is what your clones are going to be like, um, you know the importance of, of clean stock is your, you know, really your entire crop is at stake. So, you know, you can't, you can't leave clones to the last minute. You got to put that at the top of your list, know where you're going to get your verified genetics from very, you know, clean, trusted clones from whether you can make them in house or you could, you could source them. It should be something on top of, of every cultivators list. Um, because more often than not, it falls to the last thing on their to-do list and they're rushing and they populate their room with whatever they could get last minute because they didn't plan for it. So, um, but consistency um, is paramount. Keeping the rooms consistent, keeping the environment consistent, keeping the plants in a consistent state of growth is is paramount. So, you know, don't get too, you know, sideways or trying to get distracted, just stay the course and uh, you'll get really good results. So the secret ingredient is hard work and doing the things. <laughs> you know, it's... If you have a shortcut for it, I'm all ears. I'm all ears. Uh, I usually tell a lot of the clients that come in looking for shortcuts. I'm like, you're trying to get a license for cannabis in Illinois. You're really not going to find. Here's the shortcut. Do you have a check for $5 million? No. Ah, crap. Sorry. You can't do the shortcut <laughs> then. That's the easiest way in. Just strike a check for $5 million. Most people can't do that. Right. Right. No, it's it's tough. But, you know, clones, clones are a very, you know, exciting aspect of the industry for me you know i love it and you know when i started my journey years and years ago and i wanted to start a garden i got stuck when i was trying to find quality clones and Mm. you know that's when the the bell went off and i was like hey that's that's where i'm gonna put my effort and uh it's paid its dividends over and over again i've helped many gardens and i just want to help as many more gardens as i can um you know throughout the country um you know make the best clones ever and, uh, you know, have their crops turn out as as the way they penciled them out in their Excel spreadsheets. You know, you, you, you need a, a everybody. I, I have to tell everybody this because they, I'm like, now this is a model. You understand this. This is a projection. This is yeah. made up. And they're like, yeah. how does, how, so how much money are we going to make? Well, based on this model and projections, like if you actually do the shit, you know, and, and you, you can you can achieve it if you can actually execute this plan. In theory, these should be right numbers. You know, Good yeah. They, they forget that the center of all of that is a live plant, right? You know, it's not a widget. It's not a piece of plastic. It's yeah. a live living plant that you're creating artificial environments for. You're feeding. You're trying to get it at crazy growth rates. You're trying to keep it away from pests and disease and contaminants and all of this for months and months on end to get a finished crop. It's 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 not easy. It's not a widget, you know. Yeah, it's an agriculture really? product. Yes, yep. it is. And if you guys need help on your agriculture products, you can head on over to cannabisindustrylawyer.com, and then you can fill out this little form to see if your team is qualified, or if it's going to be one of those people that fill out the form and then they're just doing it for the newsletters because people like to, you know, get get apprised of cannabis legalization news. It's always good. It is. It is. But I wanted to say thank you so much, Paul, yeah, for Paul, joining us you, on the program. Where can people find you before you wrap I'm up? Clone Coach throughout most uh, platforms, YouTube, Instagram, mm-hmm. and my website, clonecoach.com. 
Yep. Um, is the best place uh, to reach out to me. Good and, branding. Um, you know, it's two syllables, two words, clone coach rolls off the tongue. That's a good name. I like it. Yeah. And and totally. please reach out with any questions. I'm always willing to help answer questions. You know, I get DMs all the time and I do my best to answer things virtually and stuff. But uh, if you're ready for the program, you know, the site's there for you. But but yeah, reach out. Let's talk and let's let's get you some results. Awesome. Nice. And then, you know, don't forget to send us some nugs. And so, like, if you're on Instagram as well, you know, so am I. I'm Muller at, uh, at Cannabis Industry Lawyer. And so send us some nugs because uh, we need to play name that strain next time. We should have had a strain picked out this time from your garden. Be like, oh, and you could have you could have quizzed us. Well, there we go. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. we go. Yeah. 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 I'll get yeah. you a good snapshot. Like time shots yeah. are the worst, dude. I try so many yeah. times. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. It's just a failure to plan. That's what it is. You have to do these yeah. things every time. I'm hiring somebody to do it. But you know the upload speed in the, the country that, it, that they were doing it in? It's like one megabyte per second. Anyway, I prattle mm-hmm. on. I'm going to just say thanks so much for the, uh, the members that have uh, helped contribute to the channel. Thanks so much for everybody who tuned in. I hope that we got all your questions answered about everything cloning. And we'll be back on Wednesday for uh, Cannabis Legalization News. Peace. Thanks, guys. Brown yep, and then we just kind of play this for a little bit, and then we hit stop because we're fancy, but not really don't know what we're doing that much. That's what she said. Mm. Did I did I read somewhere that I got to leave it on so that it it saves an interview or something like that?